For those of you who don't know me, my name is Chris Williams, and I get to serve here as the lead pastor of Lakeview Church, and just so honored to get an opportunity on the very first Sunday of this year to talk to you. I think this is the best service we've had all year. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Um, No, it is good to talk to you on this first day. I, this is like, I don't know, this is like my favorite time of the year. There's something about the week between Christmas and New Year's that I just get to reflect a little bit more, have a little more space and time to pray and think, and and just excited to share God's word with you in this time this morning. I have a message that I want to share with you about setting the right strategic priorities for 2023. And uh, this message I'm calling First Things First, And we're going to just dig into a few ideas this morning that I hope will help us set the right priorities for this new year. A few weeks back, I was reading an article in the Harvard Business Review. It was an article written in 2017, and it's entitled, How to Set Better Strategic Priorities. It's not written to the church. It's not written to people of faith. It's, it's an article about businesses learning to set better priorities, written by a guy named Derek Lydow. And, and, and in this article, he says that there are three different levels of priorities that organizations can, can have. And in fact, he says that there are three levels of priorities that all organizations need to have and should have. And, and as I was reading this, I, I thought his definitions were helpful. He says that organizations should have kind of at this lowest level of priority what he calls desirable priorities. These are things the organization would like to do. They're things that that if they were kind of putting a motto to these priorities, they would say, these are the priorities that if I can, I will. They're things that I want to do, things that I'd like to do. They're not the highest level of priority. They're just things that, that, that are interesting, things that might be helpful, things that we would be interested in giving ourselves to, things that if we can, we will. He said that moving up from there, there was another level of priorities, which he calls important priorities. These are things not just that we would like to do, but things that we would say we should do these things. These are things that could move the organization forward, things that, things that would be helpful in, in helping the organization accomplish its mission and its purpose. These are things that, that, that organizations would say, when I can, I will. So not if I can, but when I can, I will. They're they're important. They're things we we should do. And then he said that there is the highest level of priority, and he called this the critical priority. And he said the the critical priority are the, the just handful of things that an organization must do if it wants to be successful and effective. These are things that by definition come with a blank check because if the organization fails to do these things, the organization fails. That's what makes them critical priorities. He said, so when an organization says this is a critical priority for us, they are saying, here is a blank check. Do whatever it takes to make that priority a reality in the life of the organization. Now, as I said, 
This article is not written to individuals. It's written to businesses. And it's not about your spiritual life, but I'm going to make it about your spiritual life today. Because when I was reading this article, I was thinking to myself that sometimes we as Christians, as people of God, take our spiritual lives and we view our spiritual lives as a desirable priority. Something that we would like to give ourselves to. We, we think to ourselves, it would be nice if this next year was the best spiritual year of my life. We think to ourselves, I would like to have a robust spirituality. I would like to have spiritual intensity and fervency. I would love to have a renewed passion for God. I would love to walk closely with God in this next year. I'd really like that. If I can give myself to that, I will. And when we view our spiritual lives that way, what we've done is we've taken a lot of other things in our life and we've said these things are going to have a higher level of priority because we will give ourselves to these things and, and if I can give myself to my spiritual life, I will. It's just a desirable priority. Now, some of us have gone beyond that, and we've said that for us, our spiritual lives are an important priority. We've actually said it's not just something I'd like to do, it's something I should do. And we've elevated it in our lives, and we say, when we have time for this, we'll get to it. It's that important to us. That there's other things we've got to deal with. Once we've, once we've paid the bills and, and, and worked all that we need to work and we've gotten our home fixed up the way we want it fixed up and when we've taken care of all of the other things that are pressing in on us, then we'll give ourselves to this because this is important. We should focus on our spiritual lives. Some of us view our spiritual lives as just a desirable priority and some of us view it as important something we should do. We'll, we'll get to it, and when we get to it, we'll, we'll really focus on it. But I'm here this morning to share with you that I do not believe God wants us to take our spiritual lives and view them as desirable priorities or important priorities. I think God wants us to view our spiritual lives as a critical priority. Not something we'd like to do or something we should do, but something we must do. That when we look at our lives, when we look at our time and our energy and our efforts that we're going to invest, we, we, it's a blank check. God, whatever it takes to have a robust spirituality, I will do that. It's that important. Whatever I have to reorganize in my life to get to that place where seeking God is the most important thing in my existence, I will do that. If I have to reorder my schedule, if I have to get up earlier or stay up later, if I have to move things out of my life, if I have to cancel Netflix, I know for some of you, I've just gone too far. But, but stay with me because, because what God is asking I think from us is a blank check. 
He's saying, would you just sign the bottom of the check and hand it to me and say whatever it takes, God, to to give me the spiritual life that I need and I desire, I want that. And it's a critical priority in my life. As I have prayed for us for 2023, I keep coming back to a single verse of scripture, which I believe God is drawing our attention to for this new year as our theme verse for the year. It's found in Jesus' teaching called the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew. It's found in Matthew chapter six and verse 33, and this is what it says. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness And all of these other things will be added to you. Now you gotta understand the context of this verse. This verse is found in a context of Jesus saying, don't worry about what you're gonna eat or what you're gonna wear or where you're gonna lay your head at night. Don't worry about all that stuff. The heavenly father knows that you need that stuff. So don't make those things a critical priority in your life. God will care for those things. You put first things first and let God take care of everything else. You put God first in your life and when you put God first in your life, God will care for all of the other things which matter, they're important, they're significant but you don't need to make them your critical priorities in life. You can actually lower their level of priority and elevate God in your life. God will take care of everything else. You don't need to worry about all that stuff. You don't need to fret. God will take care of you. He's trustworthy and he's faithful. You can give yourself completely to him and he'll take care of everything else. Just keep first things first. And as I have prayed over this verse for months now, in fact, it was last summer that I was praying here in the sanctuary doing my normal route that I go around and around and around praying for us, for you, for your family, for your life, for your, for your spirituality, praying for God to move in your heart and in your soul, praying for God to set you free, praying for God to help you know him better and more, praying for God to unite us as a body of people so that we can make the impact that we are called to make in Marion and Grant County and around the world. And as I was praying for us, I sensed God taking me to Matthew 6, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and he'll take care of everything else. As God's people, we are called to put God first in our lives. And as we begin this new year, that's my challenge to you. Put God first. Put God first. In fact, this is the annual theme that we are going to focus on all throughout 2023. All of the message series that we are studying for and writing right now that will take us all the way until the end of this calendar year 
Every single one of those series is coming back to this theme of what does it look like for people in today's world, in the culture in which we live, with all the stuff that's going on around us, what does it look like for us to put God first? What does it look like when we live our lives with God as the critical priority in our lives, letting him take care of everything else? This is what we're gonna focus on in 2023. And for the rest of our time together this morning, I wanna just draw your attention to what I think are four pillars of a life that puts God first. And this is not, I know it's the first Sunday of the year and we're all excited and we got this blanks. This is not a feel-good, fun message. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I'm gonna smile as much as I can, okay? But I want you to think about this as more like a locker room discussion. A talk before we go out and play the game that is in front of us in this year because we are not gonna go out there and miss a field goal at the end of the game. I don't know why everybody's groaning. It's like, maybe that happened last night. I don't know, but <laughs> we're not gonna go out there and do that. We're gonna go out and win the game, and, and, and this discussion right here matters. And so this morning, I'm not gonna pull any punches with you. I'm gonna challenge you to step up your game in 2023, and I just need to pause and apologize to the Ohio Buc uh, Buckeye fans because one of them is running the slides, and I actually need the slides for the rest of this, so please forgive me, sir. Um, so I want to give you these four pillars, and I'm going to go through them as quickly as I can. First, what I want to encourage you to do in this new year is I want to encourage you and challenge you and call you to put God first in your day. I want to call you and challenge you to put God first in your day. The psalmist in Psalm 63 says this, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Here's the reality. We need God. More than anything else, we need God. So when we wake up in the morning, the very first thoughts of our day shouldn't be about checking email or getting on social media or, or what, what's on our agenda for the day. Put all of that aside and make God the first thought of your day. Draw your attention to him. Just spend the first few moments. You don't have to get up at 4 a.m. and spend two hours in prayer. You can do that if you want to, but, but you don't need to do that to give God the first part of your day. Just block out 10 or 15 or 20 minutes just to spend some time telling God that you love him, thanking him that he has given you the right to be called a child of God, that he's given you a spirit of adoption so that you can call him your father 
Tell him how much you love him, how grateful you are for him, how much you want to serve him, how thankful you are for the breath that is in your lungs. And then spend a little bit of time in his word, just asking him to speak to you through his written scriptures. Just a few minutes a day at the very beginning can allow you to set your intention in the right direction for the entire day. And some of you, you get up in the morning and you're on social media before your feet ever hit the floor. You're better than that. You're better than that. Your life counts for more than that. We are called to be the people of God in a dry and thirsty land. And we are not going to solve the world's problem by posting on social media before anyone else does. It's not enough to change the world. What you need is to connect with the God of the universe who's given you an opportunity to come into his presence and seek his face the first part of the day. Did I tell you this might not be a fun message? We have got to set aside those desirable priorities, the things that we like to do so that we can do the things that we must do. We have to organize our lives to have the kind of spiritual life that God wants us to have, what he needs us to have in this world. So put God first in your day. Again, it doesn't have to be two hours, just 10, 15, 20 minutes. Prayer, worship, scripture. Seek his face. Secondly, if we wanna put God first in this year, you ought to put God first in your week. You ought to put God first in your week. And Hebrews chapter 10 tells us we shouldn't neglect meeting together, gathering together as some are known to do. But we should gather together as God's people so that we can encourage each other to love and to good deeds. Even more so as the day of his return draws near. Listen, I don't know when Jesus is gonna return. He could return right now. Or he could wait another thousand years. I have no idea when Jesus is coming back. But I know that this moment is one moment closer than last moment. He is coming back and we cannot neglect meeting together as God's people. And here's the deal. And I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir. You're here on the first Sunday of the year after ringing in the new year last night. I get it. I'm preaching to the choir. But you need to tell all of your friends what I'm getting ready to say. Here's the deal. 25 years ago, researchers and statisticians and church health experts, when they sought out to define what regular church attendance looks like, they said that regular church attendance is between three and four Sundays per month. That means that you'd be in church somewhere in between 35 and 48. For the really, really devoted people, you'd be here all 52. But regular church attendance was somewhere around that 40 to 45 Sundays a year. 
Do you know how they define regular church attendance now? One to two Sundays a month. So if you come 12 Sundays a year, you're a regular church attender. And we wonder why the church in North America is so weak. Because we have neglected what the scriptures have commanded. Gather together. And don't neglect that because you need it. Now again, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but, but here's the deal. We must prioritize church attendance in our lives. You cannot be a Christian outside the church. I know people say silly things like that, that I, I, I'll be a Christian without going to church, and it's just not true. You, you would have to cut out so much of the New Testament to actually find a faith that you could live out from the New Testament. You can't do it. You have to be in the church, which means you cannot say, eh, it's not that important. The Colts are playing today. Doesn't matter. I can tell you what's going to happen. It's like a Hallmark movie, except the ending's not happy. Listen, we find all kinds of reasons to skip out on church. All kinds of reasons. And I'm telling you, in this new year, if we're going to put God first, we got to lay those excuses aside and prioritize church attendance. For those of you who are parents, direct the steps of your children to the house of the Lord. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, this is what is required of you as a parent. We must prioritize church attendance. We've got to be together. We've got to strengthen one another. We've got to encourage one another. We've got to hold each other accountable, pray for one another, lift each other up so that we as the church can keep moving forward in this day and in this age. Number three, put God first in your finances. Put God first in your finances. In Malachi chapter three, we're told as God's people to bring all of the tithe into the storehouse. And this is, this is where God, in the, the only place I can find in scripture where God says, I want you to test me on this one. Try it out. Bring the tithe into the storehouse and see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until there's no more need. Some of you are struggling in your financial life. You're figuring out, how are we going to pay this bill? How are we going to make ends meet? And, and my first question to you is, are you honoring God with your money? Because if you are not honoring God with your money, then it's really hard to go and ask God to bless you anyway. But if you are putting God first, as he asks us to do, guess what God does? He says, I'll take care of everything else. I'll open the windows of heaven. I'll pour out so much blessing. You won't even have enough room for it. I will take care of the needs. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all that other stuff gets taken care of. 
Now, some of you are saying, but that's so hard. I got bills to pay. That's why they call it faith. That you have to actually depend on God. You have to trust his word and do what he's asking you to do. I got more stories on this than I could ever tell you, but, but I'll tell you just one of them. Because this was when we were newly married and, and, and we had, you know, so much money as a young married couple. And actually, we did not have so much money. It was the most money we had ever had in our lives, but it was not that much. But we had already made a commitment that the tithe, the first 10%, belongs to God. So it wasn't pay all our bills, and if we have enough left over, then honor God. It was honor God first and let him figure out how that remaining 90% would cover our needs. It was about trust. And we faithfully gave that 10%. And there were times when God would, would prompt us to give beyond the 10% and we would honor him with that. We had gotten to a place in our lives where uh, I had some friends and, and they played golf and they wanted me to play golf with them. And I had borrowed some clubs and played a few rounds of golf quite horribly. Um, but, but we were having fun. And I had been saving up some money and deciding that I was going to pull the trigger, and buy a set of golf clubs. But before I got to that point, I had a doctor's visit, and I got a bill, and the bill was for $179. I wrote the check for the bill and realized that had to come from the golf club fund. And so I sent the check to the doctor's office. And just kissed goodbye the golf clubs. We went on vacation out to Delaware, where my family is from, and the beautiful reality of Delaware is in Delaware, there's no sales tax. They get you other ways, don't worry, but, but there's no sales tax. So when you see the price on the sticker, that's actually the price. You don't have to do any math in your head. That is what you're going to pay when you go to the cash register. And we were there, and, and the set of golf clubs that I wanted was on sale. And there's no tax. So I bought the golf clubs. I know, it's not good financial management, but I bought the golf clubs. We got home. Now, Remember, we put God first. We honored God all throughout the earliest days of our marriage. We got home, and I was trying to figure out, you know, well, how are we going to cover this 179 bucks that the golf clubs cost? And we got home from our vacation. We opened up our mailbox, and the doctor had returned the bill and the check. And you just wrote in a note, written a note right on the bill and said, you should never have had to pay this bill. You can tear up this check and keep your money. And it was exactly the amount needed for those golf clubs. Now, am I telling you a foolproof method for how to get new golf clubs today? No. 
I'm just saying, if you put God first, somehow God just takes care of the other stuff. And some of you needed to hear that today. Most of you are already giving faithfully. I mean, I don't know if you looked at the bottom of the front of your bulletin, but you have been so faithful, so generous. Some of you have been sacrificial in seeing our church not just catch up to our budget for the year, but to exceed it by the time we got to the end of December. Thank you for your faithful, generous, and sacrificial obedience to the Lord. You are to be commended for faithfully doing what God has asked you to do. But some of you in this room are not in the giving game yet. And I want to just challenge you in 2023, just put God first in your finances. Everything you have comes from him. Everything you have. And he just wants a percentage of it back just so you can remind yourself that it didn't come from you, it came from him, and he wants to know that you are honoring him with everything that you have. Put God first in your finances. And then fourthly, put God first in your year. If you've been around here for the last couple of years, you know that we engage in 21 days of prayer twice a year in January and in August. And it's January, so it's time for 21 days of prayer. We'll begin next Sunday, January the 8th. We'll have extended prayer times in our Sunday morning services for the rest of January, and we'll be able to focus in on, on praying in the services. But we have other times of prayer throughout 21 days of prayer. So Monday through Friday, the sanctuary is open from 6.30 a.m. until 7.30 a.m. The services last for one hour. We don't go over. So you can come and we will, we will be here. We will pray for an hour. And if you need to get on with the rest of your day at 7.30, you'll be able to leave and get on with the rest of your day. This year, we're gonna be live streaming services from Church of the Highlands based in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll be joining with thousands of other churches across the United States for 21 days of prayer. And so I want to encourage you to be here in the mornings at 6.30 a.m. I know it's early and it's cold and all that stuff, but God comes first. And I was reading in David's writings not too long ago where he says, I will not offer to God something that costs me nothing. Right? Some of you have asked me to move 21 days of prayer services so it's more convenient, so it's warmer and sunny and all that stuff. And I'm just telling you, no, we're going to offer God something that costs us something. We're going to get up earlier. We're going to brave the cold. We're going to gather in this room, and we're going to seek God. Some of you say, I can't because of my work schedule. Listen, you don't have to be in this room for 21 days of prayer. You can pray without being in this room. Go figure. So if you cannot be here 6.30 to 7.30, find another hour in your day and give that hour to the Lord in prayer. And Saturday mornings, we'll give you a little bit of time to sleep in, but we want you to be here at 8 a.m. And we'll go from 8 to 9. And on Saturday, our focus is very specific. We pray for Sunday service. 
And we spread out throughout the whole building. We pray for the kids' ministry. We pray in the lobby, in the sanctuary. We even open up the school end, and we go through the hallways, and we pray for our school, and we ask God's favor to rest on our church. And I want to encourage you as we head into the 21 days of prayer to to put this first season before the Lord, to say, God, we're putting you first, not just in our day, not just in our week, not just in our finances, but in our year. We're going to give ourselves to prayer. Now, this year, as we go into 21 days of prayer, I'm also calling us to fast. Because in 2023, more than anything else, I want us to see in our church a spiritual breakthrough. I believe that God wants to move us into the future that he has for us, and that's not gonna happen with us just business as usual. To add to our prayers the intensity and the fervency that comes with fasting to say, God, we are giving up something that we need, something that matters, something that's important to us because we want you to know that you matter more than anything else and we are gonna seek you with all that is within us. And we're gonna ask God to do what he wants to do in our midst. And, And I pray that when we get to the end of 2023, we will say that God has worked among us. That what has happened in this year could not have been accomplished by us. It must be God. In Isaiah chapter 58, the prophet writes these words. He says, is not this the kind of fasting that I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. I am praying that in 2023, we will see a spiritual breakthrough, that we will call to the Lord and he will answer. We will ask him for help and he will help us. And we will see a move of God in this church and in our community that we cannot even imagine because God is on the move. Not Lakeview Church, but God is on the move doing whatever he wants to do in, among, and through us. You say, how are we supposed to fast? Well, there are different ways that you can fast. I want to just give you maybe three or four to choose from. One is what we would call a selective fast. This is the kind of fast that Daniel engaged in in the book of Daniel where he decides to give up meat and, and sweets and bread and he just decides to only eat vegetables and drink water. He's not gonna engage in any of the delicacies and he's gonna see if God makes him healthier than all of the other people that are in the training program that he's a part of. And for 21 days, you could decide to give up certain parts of your diet. Don't give up the things you don't like. That's easy. Give up the stuff you like. And when you hunger for that thing, whatever it is, 
just remind yourself that you should hunger for God more. That's a selective fast. Another way of fasting is called a partial fast. And this has become popular in our day. You might know it as intermittent fasting. It's all the rage, right? And this is the idea where you don't eat for 16 hours and then you have a window of time, maybe eight hours where you can eat. And you might decide to do that, to decide from you know, sundown to, to, to the next day at dinner that you're, you're gonna uh, not eat. And then you can have your dinner and then go back into a period of fasting and you can do that for 21 days. There's a complete fast and I wanna just kind of push pause here and say, don't engage in the complete fast without first seeing your doctor, okay? I, I just wanna make sure everybody hears that. Because like, a complete fast is water only, maybe with a little bit of, of light juice and no food at all, no chewing during 21 days. So if you're gonna go that route, make sure that you see your doctor to make sure that you're cleared for that. And then the last kind of fast that I would recommend that you consider is a soul fast. And this is maybe good for people who've not had experience with fasting from food, or maybe you're not able to fast from food for a medical reason. And, and a soul fast is when you decide to give up something else that you really enjoy for this period of fasting. So maybe you give up social media, or maybe you give up watching TVs, or give up all screens, during this time, to just say any time that I would have spent watching that show or being on social media or engaging in this activity that I really enjoy, I'm gonna devote that time to prayer. There are lots of different ways that you can fast and I wanna encourage you over this next week to really just seek the Lord and ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do during this time of fasting? And then what I'd like you to do is just make a commitment when you come to church next Sunday to say, God, this is what I'm gonna do for 21 days of prayer and fasting. And God, I'm just gonna seek after you and I'm gonna hunger after you during this next period of time. The point of the fast is not the time that you commit to it. The point is the strength of the focus that you place on God. And I wanna just encourage you to do that in this next season as we go into 21 days of prayer and fasting. One more thing I'll say about 21 days of prayer and fasting. <clears throat> next week, you're gonna have an opportunity to purchase a book. We, uh, this book has just been released in January uh, as of today, and we got pre-release copies. Uh, we bought 200 copies for you as a congregation to purchase these books. If you buy them on Amazon or 20 bucks, we were able to provide them to you for $5 a book. This book is one of the most practical books on prayer and fasting that I have ever read. I just spent some time this last week reading it, and I wanna just encourage you next Sunday to make sure you pick one of these up. Just $5 and you can have one. If for some reason $5 is too much of a stretch for you, please see me. We do not want money to be a reason that you do not get a book, but we would like to cover the cost of these books. So we wanna encourage you, if you do have the $5, to just put that $5 down and pick up one of these books and make sure that you spend the next few weeks reading it. It will resource you in building a life of prayer. And I wanna encourage you to take advantage of that next week. So Lakeview Church, as we close, I wanna invite the band to come back. They're gonna sing a song that has been a song that's on my kind of prayer playlist 
When I go to prayer, I've got a pray first playlist that I've created of songs that are meaningful to me. And this song that they're going to sing is a song that just says, Lord, send revival. Lord, send revival. And as we go into this new year, that is my prayer, that the Lord would send revival in our individual lives, that God would, would stoke the embers of our soul so that we are on fire for him, that he would send revival in our homes and in our families, that marriages that are stretched and, and, and maybe ripping apart would be put back together, that families that have been broken or struggling would be healed and made whole again, that for the person who's in a life of addiction, that God would work and set you free and make you whole and holy so that you can pursue and live for him. That God in our community would, would go into neighborhoods and streets and locations where, where people are broken and ravaged by sin and the work of the enemy. That God would send revival and that it would be changed because of the work of his spirit among us. But if that's going to happen, we can't get to a place of revival until and unless we put God first. We can't make God a desirable priority and then expect him to work in powerful ways. We gotta make him a critical priority in our lives, something we must pursue. And so this morning, this is my challenge to you as we close the service. We're gonna sing this song, and as we do, if you are willing to say, God, I'm gonna put you first in my day by having a daily quiet time, God, I'm going to put you first in my week by prioritizing Sunday worship attendance. God, I'm going to put you first in my finances. I'm going to begin to give the first of what you've given to me as a way of honoring you. And God, I'm going to put you first in my year by giving myself to 21 days of prayer and fasting as you lead me. And if you're willing to make that commitment this morning, all I'm gonna ask you to do is just as we sing this song, just to step out from where you're at and come to the front of this room. You can kneel at the altar, you can stand. If, if you can't kneel or stand, you're welcome to have a seat on these front pews, but I just want us to gather around this altar as we sing this song, and then I want us to cry out to God together for him to send revival. So Lakeview Church, would you stand this morning? And as the band leads us, if you're willing to put God first in 2023, I'm just inviting you to come forward while we sing, and then I'm going to close us in prayer.